0: No. you come from there too but um this church here is because, is here because there was a man in p 20 years ago who felt a call by god to plant a church not here but in tableview and i was there when it kind of like when it got planted there was probably about 10 or 15 people there And it quickly grew into a multi-site, multi-congregational church that is now all over the Western Cape. And that's what you're part of. And when I'm saying we need to choose growth, we need to choose growth. Because if we didn't choose growth, you wouldn't be here. This vessel here that's to the honor and to the glory of the Lord is there because men and women chose growth. And what you have here is so beautiful and it's so wonderful, but this is not the end of what it's about. The end of what it is about is, is we serve a God that has a never extending kingdom. An ever extending kingdom. Who, who of you were going to help me there? I was, yeah, I was too quick on myself. Huh? So, maybe quickly, um, Chad said Did you notice that Chad said in his announcements we're going to have a short preach twice? So, I'm going to just quickly jump into the scripture. So, choosing growth is the title. Here's the scripture. Let's keep on rushing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit leads through Chad rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped with each part when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it is built, so that it builds itself up in love jeez like I just failed my English there There's so many commas there, but it's quite a little bit of a confusing scripture. But rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The point is growth. The point is growth. How many of you have grown? How many of you grew in COVID when you couldn't exercise? You see <laughs> You see you get different types of growth. And that word there in the Greek means every different type of growth. It's oxano, which can mean growth in number or growth in maturity. Now, if you are a mature adult, then you know that growing isn't always easy, especially when you grow in maturity. You know, the one day you were a kid and you were just happy to play with stuff, and then all of a sudden hormones kicked in, and then you started maturing, and then you noticed the opposite sex, and then things started getting confusing, and you started getting hair growing out of spots there. With, and just, it's just a very, sorry. It's just a very, and it, it's, it doesn't stop. I, I recently, I noticed I had eggs starting... <laughs> To grow out, and my daughter was mortified. She walked over and she started r- trying to rip them out, but they're tough guys. <laughs> they determined to grow. <laughs> so the point is that growth's not comfortable. Growth is sometimes confusing. And you as a church, you're growing. And when we grow, we go, th- go through growing pains. So one of the pains you guys have now is this church is too full. It's a growing pain. One of the growing pains you have is is that um, you don't have parking. One of the growing pains that you might not be aware of is that that you might be losing value. Because what grows? Healthy things grow. And so when a church gets to this size, depending on the gift of the leader, the quality of the leader, the gift and the grace that's upon his life and the measure of the gift of Christ that's in him and the eldership that is with him, you might end up not knowing who's here, and you might be visiting, and because God adds the lonely into family. He lays forth the captives with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And so part of the problems that you guys will start facing now is this, you might start facing value loss. Do we still see every person who's here? Do we still recognize that Christ died for them? Do we still bring them into family? Do we still love them? Do we still greet them? Do we still... Um, walk with them? Do we still support them? Do we still pastor them? Do we still dream for them and develop them into all that Christ has for them so that they can one day stand before their master and hear these words, come in my good and my faithful servant, because those things don't just happen automatically. Those things happen through us helping one another and teaching one another and being Jesus to one another. And so if you're sitting here today, I want to challenge you. This is not Chad's church, church. This is not Benny's church. This is not Bob's church. This is not John's church. This is not the deacon's church. This is not the community leader's church. This is your church. Because it's as Christ lives in you, the collection of us all become a reflection of who Jesus is. And so what we need to do when we grow up is we need to take responsibility. When a visitor walks through the door, you greet them as if this is your place. Because they knew you. How many of you have recently joined a new church? I remember, like, I've been in one church for 20 years. I don't even know that anymore. But when I go on holiday, sometimes I go and visit the church. And I'm telling you, it's awkward, You walk in and everyone's chatting and having coffee and there you sit on your chair reading your pamphlet upside, and the pamphlet's upside down. (laughs) Because you've only got that pamphlet because it's a comfort to you. And so being mature means being Jesus to people that are new. Because it might not be uncomfortable for you anymore, but it still is for them. So am I still, is this all right? Another problem that we and you and us will face is is that this congregation will not remain one forever. You see, God's heart is is that to establish good, healthy church so that we can go from one region to the next. Hello, Ria. This is so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Ria last week in (laughs) Oatsroom. (laughs) But <laughs> it's, it's good to have you here. It's good to see you. And, and there might be some challenges to that because it's nice being here. But just like Benny and Bob and Barbara and Lauren and their children, they left a lack of, It was a lack of congregation, eh? It was okay. And packed up their bags and moved to George. And I see all your faces. John and Renee... Daniel and Candace sacrificed and left so that you could be here. See, if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for their sacrifice, if they didn't see the hope that was set before them and made the sacrifice, coming here, and then there was bad worship, and there was no kids' church, and there was a bad hall, and it was was all the obstacles stacked against them, but God. And so that's another challenge of growth is that we've got to expand the vision and the intents of our hearts. Because it's not just about the individual fitting into the congregation, but it's also the congregation fitting into the field. God's field. And God's field, His kingdom is ever-extending. And there's some of you sitting here today, which God wants to use to plant churches, to disciple nations. Are you willing, like Abram, to say, here I am. I'll go. Isaiah, Abram. God spoke to Abram and said, I want you to be, I want to bless the nations through you, Genesis 12. So, okay. So, choose growth. Because growth sometimes comes with sacrifice. Growth sometimes comes with pain. But lift your visions because God has got a lot for this congregation. And when I say this congregation, I mean you and you and you. Because collectively, we form the body of Christ. So healthy things grow, right? So the question is, is how do we build a healthy church? Now, when I finished university, I studied pharmacy. And now I'm doing what Chad wanted me to do. And I've only been going seven minutes, Chad. I'm not stressing. Have you got the little ten minutes minutes with the joke? I'm doing well, eh? So how do we remain healthy as Christians? Maybe a good question to ask yourself. Because if each and every one of us remains healthy, the church remains healthy. So how do we remain healthy as as, uh, Christians? So when I finished studying, I had to do a first aid course. And how many of you have done first aid courses? So back then they told us, there's three things you need to look out for. Can you remember what they are? A, B, C. And they stand for airway, breathing, circulation. And so in, in Christianity, we need to also look after three things. We need to A, we need to B, and we need to C. The A is our airway. It's where we get our power from. It's where we get the oxygen from. And in John 15, it says, Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. And so the first place, the airway for us as Christians is abide That's where the energy is. That's where the power is. And that scripture then, Ephesians, can we have it back on? It says, when we are connected to the head, and then it says there, equips each part to make it work properly. That word work there is energeia, which is only used for the devil's power or God's power. You see, when we are properly built together as a church, fitted into a church, seeking the Lord in worship like we did this morning, seeking the Lord with our gifts like we did this morning, seeking the Lord in prayer, seeking the Lord in worship, opening up our hearts, let the Holy Spirit work with us, speak to us, convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when the word of the Lord comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord, not just any word, not just the Bible-written word, sometimes also the Bible-written word, but the rhema word of God that comes to you in your heart, and you know that's God that just spoke to you. We need to find that daily. It's like our oxygen. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and He convinces us about something, and then we ask the question, what must we do? What must we do? Just like Abraham left his father's house, just like Jesus only did... What he uh, saw the father, do, father doing only said what he saw the Father saying. As New Testament charismatic Christians, we, we are connected to Jesus directly through the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in your heart, and he is the one that energizes you. And so how do you know that you're full of energy? Well, you feel it. You experience it. Because God says, taste and see that I am good. How many of you, of you have tasted that? God's power, God's touch. Maybe you experienced that at salvation. How many of you have experienced that at salvation? Raise your hands. And you feel it as you, as you get convicted of your sin, you get convicted of your separation with God. And there's that moment where you know, yes, I'm a sinner. It's not because the preacher was great, it's because the Holy Spirit was working. And then there's a moment of faith, and you remember your heart beating in your chest. And now, with the faith, you add the obedience. Or with the conviction, you add the obedience, which equals faith, which equals being pleasing to the Lord. And that doesn't just happen once. That's the beginning of your journey. That should happen daily as we take up our cross and die. When was the last time you heard the Lord speak to you? Or let me ask you this question. How is your abiding going? Because the purpose of your salvation was this. To bring you back into a relationship with God the Father, who has a plan for your life. And it's not like God gives you the plan or the download and says, hey, go do it on your own. He says, no, I'm going to walk this out step by step with you. And I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. So that He can teach you, lead you, and guide you. Without the Holy Spirit, and without His voice... And his voice can come through the Bible, his voice can come through prophecy, his voice can come through a gift, his voice can come through the newspapers, his voice can come through someone speaking to you, his voice can come through so many, it can remind you of stuff that's happened in the past, but the fact is, is you know when he speaks. And when he speaks, when you obey, there's energy that gets released. So it's the A. It's the B. It's the belonging. God did not want you and make you to live a solitary, confined, Christian, castaway life with Wilson on an island. Sorry, there's his hair that's tickling, tickling my chin. You guys know who Wilson is? You remember Castaway? I watched that movie the other night. What a depressing movie! Poor Oak Toothache and Wilson, and then Wilson goes off and he has like a nervous breakdown. God, he doesn't want you to have a nervous breakdown. He wants you to belong. And belonging incorporates three elements. It incorporates friendship and fellowship and family. We should be friends. If we only get together around Christian stuff, we're religious. If we never get together around Christian stuff, we're a club. And as we live life together, we become family. Now, God said to me this morning, I'm going to share two pictures with you. We did a, I used to do this whitewater kayaking. And I believe these two pictures are, you can put them in the category of words of wisdom or words of knowledge. So if this speaks to you, I believe God's speaking to your heart directly this morning, and there needs to be a response from you, all right? So that because God wants to break you through into a new dimension. He's got more for you. And there's stuff that's keeping you back. So here are the two pictures. I used to whitewater kayak. A little plastic boat, you put like a splash cover on, and then you go down waterfalls. And we the one day we took a guy with us called Francois Plummer. <laughs> Was he a funny guy? <laughs> He was, a, he was a great guy. He lived in Melkbos, and he's in New Zealand now with Kate Plummer, his wife, I think. Hopefully. And as we were going down the river, he dislocated his arm. And he was in extreme pain. And he, guess what? He couldn't do the rest of that river. And God wants each and every one of us to be connected, Ephesians, that scripture, as each joint pushed together and made together to fit and held together by the love of God that works in our heart through the Holy Spirit. God has made each and every one of us to fit somewhere with some part. But sometimes some things happen to us and we get dislocated from the body. Maybe some things get said about us and we hear about it and there was maybe some gossip and skinner or even slander or malicious talk. You know, gossip is talking a lot. Slander is talking badly about people. Malicious talk is talking badly about people in order to hurt them. Can everyone please take out their tongue? I'll just touch it for a moment. (laughs) Just like about two of you did it. That little thing, the Bible says, is like a, it's like a flame. And it can set ablaze a forest and burn down, which, took, which might have taken hundreds of years to grow. You guys had a fire over here on the mountain. You remember that? Was that scary? In the same way, this little thing can burn down this, which has taken years to build. You see, this has taken 20 years to build. So let's watch what we say and how we speak, speaking positively and edifying one another, encouraging one another and building one another up, rather than speaking, just speaking, for speaking sake, because where there's many words, sin is not, absent. And let's build one another up. Sorry, that feels like a little bit of an encouragement. But let's watch what we say about one another. Let's build one another up. Let's love believes the best, not the worst. So maybe, you know, you've been dislocated. Maybe in this place, you've been dissed, disappointed, disgruntled. And God's saying to you this morning, Jesus came and died. Not for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. And He forgave us while we were yet sinners. God forgave us. So that enables us to extend the same mercy that God has extended to us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ came. You see, Christ didn't come after we repented. He came before we repented. And so that enables you to forgive before there's an apology, before there's reconciliation. Actually, your forgiveness enables reconciliation, possibly. And so maybe you've got people that you need to forgive because there's been things said or done to you that has dislocated you from the body, and you actually, you have a case. You have a case. But God also had a case, and He chose not to follow it. Because if He followed it, we would have all been in hell but He chose to extend mercy. And so let go of your right to punish and let go of your right to judge and allow God to shed His love abroad in your heart. It's going to ask that we close our eyes. Maybe you yeah, and you have been terribly hurt by people. They have done terrible things to you and they've said terrible things about you. You know, the problem with not forgiving them is that you're still back there and they're long gone. And it's preventing you from walking into the plan and the purpose and the destiny that the Lord has for you. The Bible actually says if we don't forgive like Christ forgave us, that we end up in a jail being tormented. And this morning, God's saying to you, the door of your jail is open. Turn around from your offense and walk out. And so if that's you, I want to just pray a prayer for you. And I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, this morning, I choose to forgive the offense committed against me. I choose to set that person free. I let go of the right to punish or to judge. And I ask that you would forgive me and set me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're free. You're free. Now choose to live free. Don't carry on thinking about it. Discipline your mind and stop thinking about that. Because whom Christ has set and free is, free indeed. So let's not be dislocated. Because if you dislocate it, the body can't function. I want to say this God needs you. He doesn't really need you, but He needs you. You get what I'm saying? Well, God doesn't need you, but He wants you to operate in the body. Second picture I saw was um, I was driving here in my little RAV this morning, and I thought my window was clean. And as we were driving up the Glentana Hill, the clouds cleared and all of a sudden the sun shone, shined. The sun And what happened is, is all of a sudden I couldn't see. Which is kind of like the opposite of what you would expect. When there's light, you expect to see. But because my window was dirty, I didn't know my window was dirty until the light came. Are you as surprised as I am? (laughs) You see, another thing about living in fellowship is this, is that as iron sharpens iron, so a brother will shape the countenance of his friend. And sometimes we have dirty windscreens, maybe with our relationships with our wives, maybe with our relationship with our boss, maybe with our relationship with our saints, maybe in your friendships, who knows what it is. The point is, is that you need one another. To bring the light of God through the Word of God so that the light can shine, so that we can clean your windscreen, so you can see better. Because who wants to make an accident? And so this morning, having been dislocated, you might have a little bit of mistrust. And trust is actually faith. And faith is not just faith in God, but it's also faith in the fact that God uses men and women to work. And so along with your forgiveness, you also need to extend trust. So, all right, Lord, I know, and I know God, the, I know this is hard, but you need to trust that the men and women that are here have got your best will at heart. Otherwise, you'll end up being isolated and still remain dislocated. And so I'm going to ask, you know, we're taking in members this morning, and this is what it means to become a member. It means that we trust one another. It means that we help one another. It means that we work together. And as we're taking in members, I want the whole church to just sort of pray this with me. Lord Jesus, this morning, I choose to trust your church and that you will establish every matter by two or three witnesses. I will seek your truth. Because your truth brings freedom. Amen. That's belonging. Now the C. What does the C stand for? Circulation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chad. That's right, but it's wrong. It's contribution. But circulation is the contribution. Because God has set you free and brought you, brought you into His body, and He's gifted you with something. None of us here sitting today is not gifted by God because none of you are an accident. Before the foundation of the world was created, God knew you and appointed you, and He called you to be a... Maybe not a prophet, maybe a preacher, maybe a teacher, maybe an evangelist. Where are the evangelists? They're sitting right here because God knows what the body needs, and God knows what George needs. Maybe a pastor. And as we come into the body, to be part of the body, be a member of the body, doesn't just mean to A, to abide. It doesn't just mean B, to belong. It also means C, to contribute. How can we contribute? Well, we contribute with all that we are because Jesus died. You know, just the part of him died. No, Jesus died. All of Jesus died. For us. Therefore, we are now no longer our own because we have been purchased by His precious blood. And so now we belong. Chad, look up that scripture for me quickly. Where's that scripture? We belong one to another. Do you know that you belong to the ugh next to you or the girl? Have you ever heard that being taught? I'm going to find that scripture, and then you'll see that I'm right. Quickly, Chad, it's uncomfortable. And I'm running out of time. Romans 12:5. Let's see how quickly she can do it. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 5, 4, 3, 2, one. How many of you, when you... Oh! How many of you, when you sit at the robot, you see the other one go red, then you go, 3, 2, 1, green. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, that's not it. (laughs) Come help me. Anyway, the Bible says that we belong to one another. I'll not labor that point. Is it on? I'm just completely, I've just ruined my own preach. All right, how do we contribute to one another with our time? That means we give of our time. We come to church. We go to community. We help one another move. We uh, make meals for one another. We care for one another. We give lifts to one another. We uh teenagers? Any teenagers around? Great, I see you there somewhere. Any young parents around with children? Can the young parents with children please stand up? (laughs) I'm talking now, you have children between the ages of five and eight, or 12 maybe. All right, look at them. Do you see how tired they are? Do you see that most of them are not sitting right next to their wife? Do you know why that is? Because children are a blessing from the Lord. And I'm still trying to figure out what that is. No, that's a joke. Children are a blessing from the Lord. But you know what, teenagers, you know what? how you can contribute with your time? Phone one of these parents and say, listen, we'd love to babysit for you. And give them some time to go out and you know what what you sow now in your teenage years you will reap one day when you're an adult with kids we can contribute contribute with our time we can contribute with our talents what has god called you to be what has god put in you are you a leader are you hospitable are you able to make food are you able to prophesy are you able to what's your gift When you become a member, you bring your gift into the church, and you say, here's my gift. Use it. You lay it at the elders' feet, and as you contribute, you know what happens to you? You know who are the most critical people in church? Those that do nothing. You know why? Because we don't like criticizing ourselves. So the moment I contribute, I belong. I belong. And the moment I belong, I find identity and meaning. If, you, if you're if longing to belong to a place, then give. And as soon as you give, you will belong. But you won't belong until you give. You get that? So if you're in this place, God didn't bring you here to live in a symbiotic relationship or maybe live in a parasitic relationship. God's well, actually, we call called to be in the in symbol. You guys remember that biology? I wonder where that came from. And then the last way we can contribute is we can contribute with our our treasure, our finances. We can tithe. We can give into the pantry. We can give to the poor. We can give alms. We can assist people where they have need. But we also contribute with our finance. And when we do that, we find belonging Identity and meaning. And the critical spirit that's within us often settles down. And the church of Jesus Christ moves on. And we become alive Christians. And we can then extend God's kingdom in this place, in George, and in whichever other plant God wants to do in the future. Amen. So, A, B, and C.